I appreciate the testimony of many of you folks talking about the spiritual warfare. One thing's for sure, after hearing some of your testimony, it's alive and well. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the spiritual realm, and that's what we've been dealing with for the last uh, five weeks. Uh, this uh, subject is continuing. I thought I'd be able to bring it to a conclusion today, um, but it uh, doesn't look like that. I'll probably go for another week. Hey, brother, if you don't mind, just we can have a little bit more light up here. We are going to see a lot of videos today. Um, and kind of highlight some of the things I'm going to be talking about. I just remind you, last week we I showed a video at the end. You're going to see it again from a different angle, probably a little bit different. But uh, I need to clarify that the individual, the preacher, that was talking about the law of attraction, which is basically your ability today to visualize and, and, and put words in to create something in your life, like you have the power to create, that gentleman was actually summarizing it for us, refuting the heresy that's out there with modern TV evangelists, health, wealth, prosperity teachers. And so this was John MacArthur doing that. So you're going to see it again. So I want to keep that in mind. He was refuting the heresy. Really what we've been talking about, the two battlefields in the spiritual world that are alive and active is one is keeping men in darkness, keeping mankind in darkness. The other one is religion, keeping people close enough to God but not... Uh, not saved, not born again. And so religion has a way of deceiving. There's a mass deception going on. I believe it's, a, it's sweeping our country, sweeping the world. And uh, you'll see a little bit of this uh, today with some of the, uh, uh, what we call the celebrity preachers, TV evangelists of the world that are gaining in popularity because of what they preach, which is not uh, scriptural. And uh, so I'm gonna play this video just You'll have a lot here, and then I'll kind of, I'll kind of uh, try to summarize some of it for you. Volume, brother. I am victorious. The message again is this: you have so much power in you that you literally can create reality by speaking it. The internal creative power that resides in you can be released in words. And these words have supernatural energy that literally create the world the way you want the world to be, that literally give you the circumstances and the situations and the relationships and the achievements and the accomplishments and the fulfillments and satisfactions that you want. The thoroughly unbiblical philosophy of the secret is called the law of attraction in the non-Christian world but it has a direct Christian equivalent called Word of Faith, which is perhaps the most popular form of Christianity today. Okay, so that summed it up for you. Of course, uh, as you saw, uh, Pastor MacArthur was refuting the heresy, but this, is, this has been adopted by mainstream Christianity. It's the name it, claim it crowd. This is the charismatic, Pentecostal, self-help, um, your top typical TV evangelist, T.D. Jakes, uh, Joel Olstein, Benny Hinn, um, who all, um, there's quite a few, Copeland. Uh, this, this generation of TV evangelists have taken this, this law of attraction and they've converted it to Christianity and they literally have millions of followers that have bought into this. And it's, a, it's become a money-making machine for them. And, and so I, I wanted you to see that, that it's just nothing more than a pagan 
a philosophy that has been embraced by Christianity and it's sweeping uh, the gullible and the ignorant, unfortunately. And so, Jesus' own words is beware of false prophets. By the way, this subject is really intense throughout Scripture. This is, I've only been kind of scratching the surface, but I think just about uh, every book uh, in, in the New Testament uh, deals with false teachers, false teaching, uh, deception, and uh, these are Jesus' own words about false prophets. Now notice he says, which come to you in sheep's clothing, all right? But in word, they are ravening wolves. They're out for blood. Now they may not know that because they've become a, a vessel or a tool in the hands of Satan. And they may believe everything they're doing is good and helpful, but they've just nothing other than an instrument in the hands of Satan. They've been allowed to do this. But they come to you in sheep's clothing. They are the imitation of the real. And it's really hard for, for the average person to discern this because they don't know enough scripture and they, ha they haven't prayed about it. And so they accept what they hear because these people are charismatic and they've been given a power by Satan to deceive. And that, that's, you'll see this later on, not this week, but next week is how God is going to allow Satan to deceive the whole world. He is going to allow people to buy the lie. He's going to send it himself. He's going to allow them because they rejected truth. So th these false prophets come to you looking like the sheep, acting like the sheep, talking like the sheep, but they're anything, they're nothing but raving wolves. And so there's a, a it's the wheat and tares. You can't tell the difference unless you discern through the scriptures. You know them by their fruit. The only way you're going to know this is to know the book. People have to get into this book to know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. And, and Jesus is making that very clear to us. Be careful. Be warned. And so we see here, as I make this comment, be careful of today's popular TV evangelists. I'm not writing off all the TV evangelists, but a majority of them are swept up in, in these deceptive uh, teachings that so many people are gullible and following. And it's destroying Christianity. It's keeping people from really knowing God and the power of God. And they have this claim that they're, they're experiencing the power of God, but Satan can imitate anything and give people an experience to make them think that they are, uh, it, it's from God, and it's not. These are words that I believe uh, are directly related to the Antichrist in the future. But remember, the Antichrist is really the, the ultimate ultimate false teacher, false preacher, deceptive, liar, hypocrite. So any false teacher that's come before that is a representative of, of the Antichrist. And these are the words of the, I believe, will be why he's the greatest orator that's outside of Jesus Christ that walks the earth. But the Bible says the words of his mouth were smoother than butter. See, they, they do not offend you at all. They have a way of making you feel incredibly good about yourself, incredibly good about your experience, but inside they're ravening wolves. They're out to destroy your soul and the spirit. They don't even know they're being used in many cases. But war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cer certainly a passage of, of your uh, non-offensive uh, leader today that doesn't preach the book but wants everybody to feel good about themselves. The, today's popular TV evangelist. Real quick, I'll go through this slide. It's an important truth you can't overlook when studying this. Satan is an imitator. 
And so when we study this out, Jesus Christ and we look at Satan, both are called a lion, prince, king, anointed, angel, and light. And there's more to it, but I want you to see that whoever Christ is, as who he is as a person, Satan imitates that. And he's a master of imitating that. In fact, so much so that the Bible tells us, we read this last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, or 11, verse, um, verse 14, I believe. Therefore, or verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing, talking about Satan, who was an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, his ministers also be transformed as, there you got it, ministers of righteousness. They are coming to you in sheep's clothing, but they are far from the truth. They are not preaching the truth. They're preaching things like the law of attraction, which you'll see another clip on that, which is absolutely a pagan philosophy that's been embraced by mainstream Christianity. Name it, claim it, health, wealth, and prosperity. If you want, you want to get rich, get right with God. Now, I, if I was a gullible, ignorant, unlearned, that sounds good to me. There's a clip I have of someone said that, you know, that you can, claim, you can even have control over the weather by your power, by your words, and they, they show a, a clip of them doing it. And I thought, well, sign me up, you know? I mean, if I, want, if I have control over the weather because I can speak it and visualize it, why not? And that's what they're teaching, and this is being embraced by tens of millions of people, unfortunately. And that's in the spiritual realm. So Jesus warns many false prophets. I want you to get this really down deep. He doesn't say a few. He all, the language often used in Scripture regarding deception, false teachers, false preachers, uh, these that come to you in sheep's clothing, is many. It's the majority, not the few. So many false prophets shall rise, and notice, and shall deceive many. And sometimes we're baffled by why people are following this stuff, because they're deceived. Many are deceived. It, it, and that's why there's always been a remnant. I could get into that subject, but I won't. So Jude, Jude sums it up. Now, this is a really important verse here. And I believe it's verse 4, yes. For there are certain men crept in unawares, okay? So basically, they came to you in sheep's clothing because you, you can't tell the difference. You don't really know the difference until you start hearing what they teach. And sometimes they teach truth, and you say, well, you know, they're teaching truth, but then over there, they're, they're throwing in a little bit of a subtle... Uh, false teaching. Before you know it, they've, got, they've gained some kind of credibility or popularity with people, and then all of a sudden they move into their false teaching. So they, they creep in unawares. People don't see it coming. Before you know it, they're deceived. And they were old, ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men. Now here it is, turning the grace of God in lasciviousness. The word lasciviousness is filthy, unbridled lust. Basically, it's taking the grace of God, which is a standard higher than we can imagine, right? The Old Testament taught us what? You, committing adultery was horrible sin. Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed sin. He took it to another level. So grace is, is higher than we can imagine. And he says, the grace of God into lascivious, they take it and they cheapen it. They take it as a license to sin. They don't, they don't want you to... They don't want to talk about sin. They want to avoid anything that's offensive. 
and they want, they want to talk about a lifestyle that's suited for you. Just for you, so you feel good about yourself. You know, God wants you to feel good about yourself according to His will. And so they turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, basically a license of sin, and, and they void any subject of sin and offer a lifestyle that's void of, un, of godliness and holiness. And that's kind of where we are today. You'll see this here as we see some of these videos. It's really Christianity in name without the power of God and without any change. Christians who don't change based on their, their following of these people are, are being duped into this grace of God into lasciviousness. And they deny the Lord, of course. So popular megachurch Christianity today is run like a business. Now, I'm picking on megachurch Christianity, uh, megachurch, I call it, uh, movement, because it has the most influence on Christianity today. Now, I know there's a lot of religions we could talk about that are false, but the megachurch movement has a tremendous influence with their music, with their, um, their, their, their books that they sell, the films that they, they, they issue. This stuff is widespread, and it's affecting Christianity at a fast and furious rate. And they run it like a business. It's a, a very profitable one, by the way, at that, and you'll see this later. Now, Hillsong, this is, this is a clip from um, some article I found about Hillsong. Now, Hillsong was a church out of Australia, and um, they built their reputation on music, sold it to America. They're out of Australia. They're a Pentecostal denomination. America bought it. All of a sudden, Christians everywhere were buying their music. Uh, their music has nothing to do with spiritual hymns, but, hey, it was selling and they made a lot of money, and they decided they started to enter into the U.S., and they built, they swept the U.S. in a megachurch format. And uh, it's called the Hillsong um, Megachurch. And here's what they talk about. The model, it's interesting, they, 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 they approach the church like it's a business. This is a model, okay? When you start talking models and using words like seeker-sensitive, customer-oriented approach, I was... 36 years in the business, that's a business, those are business languages. And what that's saying is you're the customer and I gotta figure out how to market to you to appeal to you to buy my goods. You get that? So if I give you the music you like and I know it appeals, I'm gonna give you whatever you need. If I give you self-help books that'll make you feel good about your life and positive thinking all the time, well guess what, you'll buy my book and we're just gonna keep, keep this, this uh, engine running. That's what they're doing. They're creating it like a business. And these are people, they're attracting the people that are wary or unfamiliar with traditional church. Instead of old hymns and dry sermons, on Sunday morning, Hillsong, and the churches like it, offer a slick concert punctuated by a message that often sounds more like a self-help seminar. Mr. Houston, who was the leader from Australia about Hillsong, uh, here's rules for his leaders in Australians that when they were to preach a sermon, leave people feeling better about themselves than they came. Now, there's just too much I could actually say about that comment. But th the Bible's not about you and I feeling good. The Bible's about getting right with God and being aligned with the will of God. And if the preaching and the teaching makes you feel uncomfortable, then that's a good thing. That means God's working to bring you in line with him. But if all I do is make you feel good and it doesn't get you in line with God, then I've deceived you. 
I'd rather have a preacher step on my toes than a preacher pat me on the back and make me feel good. Now, I, I'm not talking about trying to be offensive purposely, trying to hurt people and, and be mean to them, not by any means. I'm just talking about preach the book, the whole counsel of God, and let God do the rest of the work. And not worry about offending anybody. If you get people get offended, I've people walk out at times. I've people, I don't, I don't like you. I don't like what you teach. I can't do anything about that. If they don't like that, then that's between them and God. Now I don't want to offend them, but I'm just talking as the book tells me to talk. So these people want to feel good, and that's their that's the philosophy there. Watch, that's really what the philosophy comes down to. So now. Let's watch this video. We're going to watch a bunch of videos. These are short clips, but you got to listen carefully. I'll do my best to summarize some of what you hear. So that's Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz became the celebrity rock star for Hillsing Megachurch in Easter in New York. They had uh, campuses all over the U.S., but they had a big campus in uh, California, Los Angeles, and one in New York. So big that people were lined up for hours surrounding blocks of New York City to get into that church just to hear Carl Lentz. They weren't going there to hear the Word of God preached to step on their toes. They were going to see the celebrity rock star Carl Lentz. Now, Hillsong's a mess. There's a whole documentary about it being exposed. This boy has, they're falling like flies. The sexual immorality, this guy had multiple affairs. It's all documented. This guy had uh, relentless uh, drug-fueled parties with his staff members. I mean, this stuff was going on while he's putting a smile on stage, making everybody believe he's from Jesus. Now, let's find out what he really believes. This, this will be very telling, but Justin Bieber, Chris Pratt, Hollywood stars, they flock to this church. They, they love this guy. Now, I hope people like Justin Bieber get saved. I, I want these guys, Chris Pratt, I, I hope, hope to God they are saved. They just get things right with God, but you know, supposedly Carl Lentz had a lot of influence on, on Justin Bieber. So let's watch this. NBA players bathtub. How does your message differ? We heard Joel Osteen talk about sort of what he preaches, yeah. his philosophy. So what is your philosophy, Carl? Um, well, first of all, I love Joel, and I'm thankful for men um, like him who have paved the way for younger guys like me to um, have an opportunity to do what we do. Um, Joel is a, is a pioneer, and... His message of hope is similar to ours. Joel Osteen is one of the leading proponents of the false prosperity gospel, and his therapeutic self-help doctrine is derived from the law of attraction teaching of theosophy founder Elena Blavatsky. But but do you feel like you know there you have a moral imperative to to speak publicly about some of these more controversial issues? No, because we try to be like Jesus. Very rarely did Jesus ever talk about morality or social issues. What? Have you not read the Sermon on the Mount? That is not the true Jesus of the New Testament. That is the false Jesus that Paul spoke of in Galatians. The true Christ said we must take up our cross and follow him. He did not promise that our dreams and our felt needs would be fulfilled. The cost of that discipleship may mean we end up losing all those dreams for the sake of the kingdom. Be so, what is your philosophy, Carl? Now, if you and I were asked that question, and we had an audience of 10 million, that'd be our one shot to give God the honor and the truth. Not once does he mention the Bible. Not once does he mention Jesus Christ as the one he follows. He goes right into praising Joel Olstein. You notice that. He, didn't, he doesn't talk about, you know, uh, I'm a follower of Christ and the word of God. 
that's exempt from his philosophy. His philosophy is I'm following Joel Olstein, who, by the way, is the greatest today of health, wealth, and prosperity, name it, claim it, law of attraction preachers out there. Notice he said he's paving the way for young guys like me. So Joel Olstein's making it possible for other people to continue to deceive people throughout the, a younger generation. And so, uh, yeah, he's paving a road all right. It's a road that's going to lead straight to hell. If people don't realize they this stuff is straight out of the pits of hell and uh, is satanic in nature. So, let's see what we got here. Another clip. Morality or social issues? They focus on exciting, emotional music. that creates an environment where people can feel spiritual without ever really committing themselves to the Bible's commands. I mean, if the beat is right and the band is hot, I can sing all kind of lies and feel like I've met with God. According to Vody Bauckham, most churches today have moved away from hymnody and liturgy, which emphasize biblical truth. I believe there are a number of tools that God gives. So, I don't know that preacher at all, really, but I like what he has to say in a few of the clips I've watched. He basically is calling these false preachers out. And he's saying, we got to get back to spiritual songs. we got to get back to the book and preaching the book. But he said, what's happening in their music, which is attractive to, the, to a wide group of people, is, is there's full of lies in those songs and their sermons, and, and, and yet people feel spiritual about themselves because it allows them to do that. That's basically what he's summing up. But, but, you know, Paul said in Acts chapter 20 that he was called to declare all the counsel of God. Every aspect of the book, every word was to be declared, whether it's popular or not, whether it feels good or not, whether, whether mainstream accepts it or not. Paul went to preach the counsel of God. That's why he told a young preacher as instructions as a, as, a, as a young preacher, he told them, preach the word, Timothy. Be instant in season or out of season. Rebuke, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Why, Why, Timothy? Because the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Tell, I'll tell you what you want to hear as long as you itch my, my back. So he says, they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they will they turn their ears away from the truth, and they shall be turned into fables. That's what he's saying about these, these type of movements that are going on today. And he's very, he's very uh, accurate about that statement. By the way, the, the little clip of that guy doing this, and that was a, that was a choir-led service for a mega church. I'm not exaggerating. Where they, they get down and they, you know, the fog lights and the, and, and the fire. Uh, I've seen, I didn't have enough time to show you all these videos, but just, it, it's insanity what they're, but it's attractive um, in so many different ways to a young group. Let's see what we got here. Of entertaining and attracting more and more people. This oftentimes even results in these churches teaching things that are egregiously unbiblical. And the process of discipleship is not God changing you into something else. It's him revealing. 
who you've been all along. However, since these teachings align with ideas that are popular in the world and culture, millions will flock to these churches, pastors, and teachings, because these kinds of churches make people feel good about themselves and enable them to ignore the problem of sin, judgment, and hell. I kind of, that sums it up. I wanted to put that piece to sum it up, but what that fellow said, by the way, that's Steve Furtick, who runs the megachurch Elevation, which you'll see their stickers on the back of cars all the time. They, they all have a kind of a mystery sticker. You're trying to figure out what it is. A lot of time they're, it's re related to their church, but he had the church megachurch uh, ele Elevation, and he, he actually made a statement, I, and I, I, didn't, I don't have it in a video, but I'll just quote it. He said, Jesus came to break the law for love. He broke the law. He didn't come. He broke the law for love. In other words, Jesus was a sinner so he could save sinners like you. That doesn't make, that's complete heresy. But that's what these guys are teaching. And when he said that God's not changing you, he's revealing you. Well, God reveals who you are to change you. And the changing is in Romans 8, 28, he's conforming you into the image of his son. And that's a process in life. He's moving you from this, this sin-filled life to a holy life that looks more like him. And conforming him into the image of his son. So you can see how these little subtle heresies show up in these, but they, they're so attractive when they're in these, you know, this, uh, this environment. And so... Let's compare these pseudo-Christian leaders to Scripture. Here's an interesting verse in Jude 19, which, by the way, the whole chapter is about false teachers. By the way, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, 2, and 3, all about false teachers. I mean, half of Paul's writings talk about deception and false teachers. I mean, there's a lot there on this subject. But this one sent, tends to sum up what's going on in America. They be they. And the verse before said that walk after their own ungodly lust who separate themselves sensual, not having the spirit, having not the spirit. What that means is they, they run according to the flesh. They operate in the flesh. And so they want to appeal to the flesh. They operate in the flesh. Galatians 6, 8 tells us that he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So when you take carnal... Uh, methods and ideas and you move them into a, under the guise of Christianity you're going to produce carnal results I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said I went to a church that was Bible believing stood for the truth fundamental from core to head to toe and then they somebody came in and they moved from that position to left they became progressive before you know it they're off with the rock music they're telling good old psychology stories for their sermons They've, just, they've been swept up by this influence of what is called sensual having not the spirit. It's, a, it's, it's really the mega church movement, I think. And it's producing carnal results and it's void of the power of God. Because it tells us they have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof. If, you, if your worship is carnal in nature, then there's no power of God on it. It can't be. God can't work in that environment. And so the Bible warns us or tells us to from, from such that are like this to turn away. We've got no business with these kind of folks that are promoting this stuff. 1 Timothy 6.5, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, just destitute of the truth. 
Now here it is, supposing that gain is godliness. Christianity today, unfortunately, is a big business. And by the way, a very profitable one. All the books that are sold, all the movies that are in the rights to movies, all the music's a huge, huge money-making machine. And, and so, you, and, and these people that are teaching the health, wealth, and prosperity, they, they're actually teaching that if you are gaining in health, wealth, and prosperity, are prospering, then you're right with God. You have godliness in your life. And what's the Bible say from, about that? Withdraw yourself from those kind of people. Have nothing to do with that. And we, we could spend a whole s- Sunday morning just on that subject alone and, and what Paul taught about that's the opposite of thinking that gain is godliness. And through covetousness shall they, these false teachers, with fiend words, which is deceptive words, make merchandise of you. In other words, they profit off you. They make money off you. It's a business. It's, these people aren't, they may, they may think they're doing something for God, but this has turned into a business for most of these people. And so I, I went, I said, well, I wonder what kind of business, how big the mega church movement is as a business. Anyone want to take a guess? You're right, brother. Let's look at first. I took the top nine mega churches in the U.S. All this is documented. And they have a combined annual budget of $372 million. Now, that's just a budget. Okay, that, that's not revenue, that's not your profit, that's just their budget. Yeah, they spend just nine churches in the U.S. By the way, there's 1,700 of them in the U.S., so I just took the top nine. All in all, the megachurch industry as a whole rakes in over $8.5 billion annually, according to Forbes magazine. This is big business, and the more I can get you as a, as a, from a marketing scam, to buy my goods, I'm in. And that's what's happening. And they've found all, just lay, sprinkle a little Christianity dust on it. And it's good to go. And Because I think people are seriously looking for something. But they don't know where to look. And then they get swept up in this, this, these slick willy scams. So this brings me to a subject I think is really important. And we just got a, a minute well, to go. We only have four minutes left. But. This is really important because this is really kind of culminating in the spiritual warfare. And what happens is Satan is a master, he's manipulator, in believing that if the masses are right, that's the way to go. What's ever popular is where people go. People are gregarious, they're herd followers, especially Christians. They're sheep, they're herd followers, they, you know, and very gullible, unfortunately, but just because the majority agree and follow a movement doesn't mean it's from God. I mean, from the world's point of view, Noah was an absolute failure. Okay? From the world's point of view, Jesus was an absolute failure. I mean, his ministry didn't, it didn't grow until after. So you, you start looking at the numbers, and it's not the majority. It's always been a remnant with God's people, always been a remnant that have followed and stayed true to God, and the majority are the ones that go away from God. And you'll see this play out, probably not today, but next week, out of 1 Kings chapter 18 with Elijah, where the masses were duped by the prophets, who, by the way, had a lying spirit in them. 
Now, be careful of the herd mentality, which that is a picture of Joel Olstein's church on any given Sunday. Now, he may have about 80,000 or whatever in attendance, but there's about 10 million people watching that don't go to church but watch this stuff. And I've met plenty of people that love Joel Olstein. And he's just, he's so sweet, he's so nice, he's so not offensive. That's the first problem. Like if he told you like the, he's supposed to tell you the word of God, you wouldn't like him as much. But he won't do that because he, he won't be able to fly around in his three corporate jets and his palatial mansions and his Rolls Royces. Now I'm just picking on Joel, but there's plenty more. So I'm going to take you to a church out of Reading, California by the name of Bethel. And this is a little example of herd mentality that when people see this stuff going on and they don't know any better, they're, they're ignorant of Scripture, they think it's a movement of God. And they, they get swept up and they go, oh, man, I want to experience that. I want a piece of that. And this is an example, but this is not, this is not a holy revival of God. It's the opposite. And I'm going to show you two clips so you can kind of get a Watch carefully people's movements. Listen to the sounds. They claim it's from God. You, I'll let you be the judge. Sound? What? It's pretty wild. Hey guys, your friend Spencer here. Bethel Church in Redding, California. So this is, this is going to go into a little bit more detail. The same church, they have what is called the Hall of Fire. So these pastors uh, are touching people and filling them with the Spirit. That's what's happening here. They're telling them that they're, that they're having a Holy Ghost experience. But the shrieking, the moving, on the convulsions and all that, that's not from God, folks. That's not how God works. Nowhere in Scripture does God ever move like that. Now, there are moments that God does things that are just bizarre and wild that we can, like the tongues of fire, stuff. I get that. Those are unique moments that were exceptions in Scripture, but this is what causes the masses to get involved. They see it and they go, man, I want to experience that. I, I want to I touch God. What they're opening themselves up to is the spirit of divination. Evil spirits. Remember, this is a spiritual warfare. Religion. I'll get you close enough. I'll give you an experience. I'll make you feel good, but I'll never get you to the point where you trust God. That's where, the, that's where they're working. And that's where they're masterful in manipulating and deceiving. That's why Jesus said, many shall be deceived. Many false prophets will rise up. So now let's watch this last clip. Yo, just, I mean, just watch. We saw this. That's not the Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit that you're seeing. That is a spirit of divination. That is a demonic manifestation. And this right here is what they call their fire tunnel. Fire. And if you notice the shaking, the screaming, the just the... Really, that's Kundalini is what that is. Oh, Lord, that's scary. 
Now, I want to warn you guys that are out there. I, I know it. So are those people actually experiencing that? Are they, Probably some are not. They're just emotionally overcharged. But let's not write that off as not an experience that they felt they're, they're actually something's in control of them for that moment that's causing them to do things like that. And, and, and people around that see that and they begin to go, man, I want that. That's where the, mat, the herd mentality comes in. And then when somebody comes up and says that's of the devil, they have a really tough, they have a tough time making a decision on whether they're going to follow that or going to follow the person call, claiming it's, a, it's from a devil. And that's what we're going to read about in 1 Kings chapter 18. And then we're going to move into the final stages of all this, which is what I believe we are, apostasy. Which the Bible said there must be a falling away first, first, before the man of sin shows up. Before the Antichrist shows up on this earth, there's going to be a massive falling away. It has to happen first, and I believe it is happening. And the only people that are going to be kept from deception are the people that keep their noses in the book and keep themselves right with God. Because the deception could, we could all be deceived. Anybody here, no matter how much you love God, you could easily be deceived. And we'll talk about that uh, next week as we hopefully conclude. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father heaven, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for allowing us to have time together to study your word. Uh, we know this stuff's heavy, Lord, and sometimes it's a, it's a burden. Sometimes it's tough to carry, but we have to, we have to know this stuff. We have to be aware of it. And, Lord, we have to teach it as well so we could be prepared, Father, for the things that are out there that are deceptive and subtle. And as you told us, that many come to us in sheep's clothing. And we need to be aware of that and discern that. May you help us, Lord, as to, have a, to be a people of discernment, of knowing what is true and what is false. And, Lord, help us to always teach others in love, uh, the, the love of Christ, and to let, point them to the real truth, the Lord Jesus Christ as we ask you to bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.